fellow hooligans, and welcome back to another episode of the Weaving Words Podcast. Uh, this week, we are joined by a very, very special guest, very near and dear to my heart, a friend of the Roman, friend of the show. It is my buddy, Ray. For those of you who don't know, uh, Ray is actually uh, the one who did the Hooligan Squad logo. Um, he has basically been helping me behind the scenes with this project for over two years now, probably three now. Um, it's been a lot of help uh, teaching me on some of the editing stuff, recording, um, just all around freaking like master sage Jedi. Like he's my Ben Kenobi. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's hear from Ray. How's it going, guys? Hi, Roman. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me on to the, the podcast. I've been listening a lot lately so it's it's been it's been great and it's been a pleasure it's, it's a pleasure to be here and i guess yeah i mean i don't want to be considered your <laughs> your master that sounds weird because <laughs> you're, you're doing this you're doing this so i i really do appreciate it man well again it's it's, it's uh a lot thanks to you and your help again you're my ben kenobi uh you you <laughs> taught me and i'm looking it up and uh just bombing the death star and kissing my sister wait um no not oh, that wow. part uh hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think uh yeah <laughs> um so for those of you who don't know uh ray has uh a lot of um a lot of projects that he's done in the last shoot as long as i've known him, so the last four or five years uh he was in a band for a good amount of time so he's uh musically talented which i don't have that at all um oh, he shucks. does photography video editing like just all around you know freaking jack of all trades master of a whole lot of those too um more like master of none but i'll take that <laughs> i don't know man the videos that i've seen you do are pretty freaking badass and then uh your photo editing everything just looks good um, Thank you. Yeah. And then, uh, I try. The, I try. <laughs> the most important thing is he has a really, really awesome and cute freaking bulldog. Um, <laughs> what was you her name? Was it? <laughs> you can follow her at uh, I think Lula the Bulldog on Instagram. I think that's her. Grand, but yep. uh, her name's Lula. Lula. <laughs> oh yeah, just a big old freaking slab of ham. Um, <laughs> Pretty much lazy <laughs> AF. all right and as much as i like to keep talking about your awesome dog the reason i brought you on is i want to hear what what kind of stories you've uh, been into let's uh let's delve into your past what stories whether it's a video game books comics uh movie tv show cartoon what from your past like growing up um what story just resonates with you? Like you think back and you're like, man, that was just a great story. I took so much from it. Like I can go back and watch it or, or experience it whenever I want. And it's still just as good as it was then. Right. Um, so I have a lot, so you're in for maybe the longest podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if anyone's heard of this. Are you, are you familiar? Uh, Roman, are you familiar with Roald Dahl? Are you familiar with this? Not work? at all. <laughs> okay. Not at all. I mean, I assume you watched the movie um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. He is the writer, the author. Oh, okay. So um, I want to say, yes, that that was my first experience with Roald Dahl. Uh, but the one, that I'm, the one story that I was truly fascinated, I actually learned this when I used to live in the Middle East. Uh, we read a book called The Witches by Roald Dahl. Now, this was, bef- I believe it was before. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It was it was a kids book, mind you. It was a kids book. Yeah. But get this, it was the darkest, the darkest kids book I've ever read. 
It's about a plot, a really dark plot of these witches who want to get rid of children the worst possible worst possible way ever by um, either eating them, turning them chocolate, or um, turning into mouse and having their teachers and parents crush them. It is dark for a kid's book. Um, I mean, they have a movie about it. I don't know if you can find it because I could not find it in today's day and age. Uh, but you, it's it's a must check out. Do you want to know a little bit more about it? Or yeah, 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 man, tell me, tell yeah. me. So you said so, it was witches is spelled the way uh, it sounds, just W I T C H. Yes, cool. The witches, the witches oh, the by Roldal. Yeah. Um. So, uh, this. I mean, I'm not going to try to spoil as much as a much uh, as much of it as as I can because it's a really good story, and I want I do recommend everyone checking it out if they can find it. So um, what what do you like about it? Like what elements is it like um good dialogue good story pacing uh oh. great characters like what what about it do you like great characters great characters great, characters. great pacing uh i think it it takes a bit out of like let's see uh when you read a when you watch a movie or read a story there's always a plot twist that happens right at the middle mm-hmm. this starts right off in the beginning i mean it's kind of weird because it introduces you to a a kid he's seven year old seven years old um and he lives with his grandma after his parents get in uh get into a tragic car accident and you know it's like an all great story a story with just a normal life uh where the grandma likes to tell stories about you know the witches and how she used to be a witch hunter and you're like oh okay like this this grandma likes to tell you know superstitious stories but he all she also tells um the kid in the story like how to find them and mm. i mean right there and then uh he's like working on his yard and this this woman just starts smiling at this kid and and that's where it just takes off is like wait a second um, she's wearing gloves. That's that's one of the signs of how to detect what they're wearing gloves. Um, they always why is smile. That? Why, why do they always wear gloves? What, what's so the reason? They, they hide claws underneath Ooh. those gloves instead of fingernails. And uh, they also wear like awkward looking wigs because they're mm-hmm. always bald. Um, and, and then why are it, they always smiling? What's the point? Um, it's it's a mask. <laughs> I mean, that's not yeah. a big thing, but it's a mask. No, and that's so, understandable though, because you know they they take it off and they're not smiling underneath. That's yeah, interesting. It, that shit bizarre. is creepy. That that is yeah. See, this sounds cool. See, it's a good thing I asked you because <laughs> I'm gonna write that <laughs> right. down. Witches, because um, now I want to read this. Oh, totally witches, worth witches, it. Witches. <laughs> and you should also um, check out the rest of the story. Uh, other books, they're dark. I mean, if you've seen Charlie and Chocolate Factory, they're so dark. Yeah. Um, but no, continue with the, the witch's description. Like, uh, treat this like the the back of the book. Like, you're, you're, you're trying to sell it to someone. Right. So... Let's, uh, so with the description of the witches, um, the grandma tells them watch out for for these ladies that wear gloves or they're always they're wear awkward looking wigs and they also have uh, a, they always put on a smile, and so he's working on a yard and he sees this lady outside the fence, um, just smiling and waving at him, and they're like, do you want some chocolate, little kid? And it's like, so she. He instantly knew that it was a witch, so he climbs up, climbs up this tree, and just like, ah, uh, no thanks. And he waits for his grandma to get there all day, just so this witch would go away. And I mean, it goes well, on from there. So, oh, uh, just in that situation, why couldn't she 
go up the tree or wh- wh- how come she couldn't get him? See, I, my, my memory doesn't serve me true on that one. I don't, I don't <laughs> remember exactly. I just know it ends there and it goes on to a different the scene next chapter or something. The like next that, yeah. chapter. Yeah. It's just the introduction of the very first witch that he comes across. Um, and I think that's like up in a tree from her. Did she not see yeah. him go up the tree or? Oh no. I don't think she could climb the tree. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Just stares up with it, up at him with an eerie smile. And she offers something to tempt him to come down, but he doesn't want it. And he just waits for his grandma all day. And then I think the next scene, I just, from what I remember, next scene takes place when they're on vacation at a hotel where there is a, uh, Oh, I'm moving on to the next part where yeah, it, yeah. where it goes on to um, there are the hotel and you know I don't know if you know um, hotels usually have these big gatherings uh, like in their little places you know in their little ballrooms uh, and they have a thing called the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children that is basically a whole nickname for the witches gathering and they're you know they're trying to come up with ways where no one's brutally murdering kids and uh you know it's their annual meeting and the boy realizes that this is the the gathering the yearly gather, gathering for england's witches and um it's kind he of realizes an, their witches and stuff mm-hmm. yeah which is i think where most of the conflict takes place and from there on i can't i don't want i really don't want to spoil it just because enough? this okay, that's good that's enough to yeah. get most people interested i mean it got me interested yeah sure. like <laughs> from here on out they actually i mean i'm gonna give you maybe a little bit tidbit more information but they introduce like this potion uh called the um the i think they call it the mouse maker potion and they're gonna just dr- they're going to put it in chocolate and turn the kids into mouses. That's their, that's their whole plan for when they eat these chocolates, when they're in school or at they're at home, they turn them mouses, uh, mice. And yeah. so their, their teachers and their kids, then their, their parents will just crush them or trap them. And that's their, right. this, their, their devious plan for catching them. It is so dark. You have to, <laughs> like you have to have to watch it. They have other ways that they get these kids by trapping them in paintings, and um, there there are scenes even in the movie. This this scared me. Where the painting of this girl that was trapped in the picture, and she would move around the hallways. It was, whoo! It was creepy. Harry Potter <laughs> shit, but scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not your typical moving photo. It's like you look away and they're gone but um yeah yeah see that sounds cool that sounds like a really cool story actually yeah and this whole thing like got gets me into like the whole occult thing i this is you know you know me uh i love scary stories ghosts the creepiest things that you'll ever call urban legends i remember when we did our very first uh I think one of one of the first stories I recommended to you was like the night crawlers. I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. uh. So that was for a proto episode, basically. Uh, oh, right. what the podcast was going to be at the time. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh we'll release that as a bonus episode at some point in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to get it out. Um, but yeah, no, it was supposed to be a uh, um, uh, urban legends, um, cryptids and urban legends and stuff. And uh, yeah, you you had talked about the night or the Fresno night crawlers. I did one on the the Sherlock trolls, um, which I thought was funny. Um, but yeah, no, that that is definitely something fun. I, I I'm I really like that stuff too. Like like you said, the occult, urban legends, all this uh, 
um, these scary stories and whatnot. The problem is, is like, I get really into it for a whole day and then I can't sleep well. It's like, fuck that. <laughs> right. It's just like, I, can't, I don't know. Are they watching me? Are there night crawlers out my window? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the problem, like I was telling you earlier, the side of my room is basically a slight, a whole sliding glass uh, doorway. So like mm-hmm. pretty much a whole wall is like that. So I can hear everything outside. So if there's somebody walking, you know, by the gate, because I'm at an apartment complex, somebody walking by the gate, I can hear people walking outside cars right. driving by stuff like that i'm like oh crap so got to the point where it's like you know what if i die in my sleep that's fine there's worse ways to go <laughs> there's right. worse ways to go oh geez yeah but what about uh what about recently has there been any stories that you've uh you've they don't even have to be something that came out recently just something that you got into finally got around to watching or reading or just something that's been interesting you uh recently story-wise yeah um well let's see there is shoot there's so much that I've been influenced, or not influenced, just recently I've been watching. Um, have you seen Onward yet? <laughs> the not Disney... yet. The, the okay. troll one, right? Like they're like weird little whatever the hell they are. No, um... it's uh, it's Disney Pixar's uh, Onward, where there's like there's two sons, and they one of them grew with the fa- grew up with the father, and the other one did it, and he's just trying to find ways to know his dad even more. Um, but I mean. I want to say yeah, they're this, like wizards it, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So if you yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if you like D and D, there's so many D and Dungeons and Dragons references in this movie. That's it what I heard. Yeah. Well, so it's on they go, uh, Disney Plus now, right? Like, yeah. it was just in theaters a few weeks ago, and now it's on Disney Plus. If you guys want to watch it, yeah, yeah, it, it went straight there because I mean, obviously, movie theaters are all closed right now because of the you yeah. know what's going on. Um, but yeah, that that's. That that story, I swear, because I mean, I had a really good attachment to the story, and I, I can relate to it too. Um, losing losing your father type thing, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I teared up. This it was it was it was really unexpected. Like I really like the whole theme and the premise and the story, and then where it led up to, and you're just like, wow, this is captivating. Yeah, yeah, it's it's affected you when you didn't expect it. Um, that's that's a good story though. Is you know you go in, you have no, uh, I guess yeah. no prejudices and stuff. You just watch it, and mm-hmm. a good story just moves you. You know that, yeah. that's what it's supposed to. That's what a story's supposed to do, though. One way or another, it's supposed to move you. It's supposed to make you feel something. Uh, either you know you're reading or watching a scary movie or something. You know, and there's suspense and horror. It's supposed to make you feel afraid or tension. You know, like anxiety or you're uh, watching or, or reading a book that's about a, you know, action it's supposed to give you that adrenaline run that like, what's next, you know, what's going on. Oh, that's cool. You know, a story will, will make you feel different things. You know, a romance is supposed to make you feel that um, like, or, you know, everything, if the story is good, it'll have made you feel something. It's when they're bad where you're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to feel during this. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> that's when yeah. a story is bad. I feel like a good story, um, well, a good story personally has to actually, like, you have to relate to it to actually get feel the motions of it. Um, I mean, it's, I think it's also important to re- have, uh, relate to your audience a lot more. Um, not necessarily, like, it, uh, like any story doesn't have to relate to a specific person. It could be just for you. Uh, but a lot of other people will relate to it, and that's where it affects them the most. And I think that's where, you know, you want to feel captivated and feel far of the emotion. Uh, specifically, this movie just captivated captivated me from beginning to end, just because I'm like, wow, this this is pretty much my life story, you know. Um, 
and then trying to find ways to see what you can do to make things better. It's a very uplifting movie. And um, I think a good story always has to, like you could try to relate to it. Right. Right. Well, um, what about something that you've been looking forward to that, that you haven't had a chance to experience, maybe something that's coming out soon or something that you're, you're looking forward to getting around to at some point, like, um, shoot uh, an old video game, like final fantasy just released a remake. Is that I something just you'd downloaded be interested that. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. First off, I'm not a final fantasy fan. I just downloaded it cause it looked amazing graphic wise, but right. uh, I heard this story on that one looked pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to just playing. It. I heard it's re- it's episodic. Um, so I heard compared to what the past game they broke it down. Are you a big Final Fantasy fan? Uh, you know, I've played a few of the games. I have so the original Final Fantasy VII. I have it on my PS3. I downloaded it off of the PlayStation Store. Right. Um, but I never really booted it up. I've played Final Fantasy X, which was a fun game to play, but the story and everything was weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm the the biggest you know Square Enix game fan. I I understand they're you know they're fun to Same. play. Same, you know, um, <laughs> but everybody's hyped up over it. You know, another thing I just remembered though was um, you were talking earlier about that elephant show. Oh, what, right. Did you find out what it was called? Or uh, let me let me look it up right now. I'm right next to my computer. I know it's like an elephant show on Disney Plus, and they out just released another one with the dolphins. Um, I I don't know if you can hear the clicking in the background, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's. I don't know how they do this. The first thing, okay, so I think it's called Disney Nature's Elephant and Dolphin Reef. Um, oh, it's called Elephant, and I think it's just called Elephant. Yeah, <laughs> and then they have another one called Dolphin Reef. And um, okay, coming from a videographer's perspective, I don't know how they made this story. Um, and I suggest everyone check it out, even if you're not into nature videos. But it's practically Lord of the Rings disguised with elephants wait wait, what do you mean (laughs) hold on elaborate okay so elephant um it starts off with i guess his name was jobo i forgot the little little elephant's name they actually crafted this whole story just by these videos and it starts off with him uh you know trying to find it he's a baby elephant trying to find his way in life and oh wait um, so it's fiction i thought it was no it's it's huh. true but wait, i think what? they craft they crafted <laughs> a story around the documentary there's a good story behind it uh, okay so, so there's a narrative that's whoa there's okay. A, so okay so from a video goes okay let me break it down uh, as a preface as a videographer i assume that the people recorded all the scenes and then they went to the editing room wrote up a story and plugged in those videos to elevate that story so but, but so the did the story actually happen or did they just make the story up like with i think the... they made it up there's no way okay <laughs> right yeah because i was gonna say how are you gonna how are you gonna uh, convey these feelings onto them that's interesting that's really cool though is just taking um taking footage or or pieces you have and crafting your own story it's almost like like lego blocks or something you know you, t- you take the these pieces that you had already and you put them together to make a cool story that's that's hell interesting it's just called elephants right it's just called elephants and then the other one's called dolphin reef 
and yeah, all these yeah, good it, stories that I'm hearing that I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm check like, out now. Damn Disney, you could do a lot. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, so I, I literally was eating dinner and I was watching, and they talk about this kid just growing up. He's learning how to walk. He's learning how to do things, and then his mom, I think her name is Gaia. Um, they have to like find a. They have to move. They have to move to different locations in this area they're in before because there is a drought that's about to happen and so they're in search for the land of water and and they actually go through different terrains where they have to come up against other creatures and they have to befriend other things and they come up with lost cousins distant relatives and they meet up and it's such an emotional touching that sounds freaking cool dude like oh man (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I okay. See, I am not a big fan of these nature. I've said it before, um, yeah. but when I saw I this, love, I, just, I love oh. nature documentaries. Um, if they're educational, they teach me about stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my, my buddy good. came back and uh, scared the crap out of me. He was knocking on the door, and I thought, I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, a freaking witch is knocking on my door or something. That's what we were talking about before he came in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he he's like the the pantry fairy. He's like leaving food and stuff behind. I'm like, oh, dude, I appreciate that. Dude, thanks a lot, Aaron. <laughs> have a good one dude i'll see you <laughs> scared you thanks yeah he did dude i was like all right man uh, i have no weapons around me screw it <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> um yeah he just came in and dropped off a bunch of food i'm like dude I, I appreciate that shout out to aaron he also has a podcast uh he was actually on he was one of my first guests uh two clicks from ko uh shout out thanks for the food thanks for uh thinking about me uh during these trying times um but let's get back to this elephant story because this oh, sounds freaking awesome <laughs> i want to jump in there i did listen to that podcast recently where you were talking to aaron which you guys were I have, great. I have three Aaron. Oh, no, the one you were with, the very first one. The very oh, yeah, first yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, episode yeah. three. Or, I, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, you're right. Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know it. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. I was like, wow, oh, this, yeah. is, this is good. I listened to it on my drive. So, um, but yeah, back to elephants. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt like they they layered all these stories on top of each other, and I was just like, this is mind blowing stuff. I can't wait to watch dolphins now. Like, how did how do you record that? But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you record dolphins? Like, you have to. Well, again, like you said, so th- it sounds like they recorded them for a long time, right? Like, it, it, they they followed them around. On land, it's a little bit easier. You can spot an elephant from miles away. A dolphin, I mean, unless they tagged them like with a GPS, you know, chip or something, like you wouldn't be able to find them that easily, right? I would assume. No. I would assume. I don't know, man. These people must be smarter than I am. It's Disney. Um, they got money. Yeah, yeah, right. Of that. <laughs> they, they made their own animatronic dolphins, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, I was just like they made them swim through the oceans. I'm like, that's a really good animatronic. Disney money. <laughs> no, they're, they're real dolphins. They they're just on the pay on the payroll now. Like <laughs> they're that yeah. smart to be able to take money now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh I, I suggest checking it out. Um Elephant, I'm only halfway on through Plus, right now. Right? Yeah, on Disney Plus. Man, we're we're shouting we should get sponsored by Disney Plus, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, they got a lot of cool stuff. I don't think they need any help uh, putting it out there, though. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like everybody yeah. loves Mandalorian. Everybody loves all the stuff that's been coming out. Oh, so my gosh. That's for, what I'm uh, looking forward to. Mandalorian second season. Yep. You know who they're bringing into it. Yeah. Ahsoka. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, yes, it's about to happen. Dude, I just want to oh. see more Mandos. Like, I want to see more dudes in armor and 
them being badasses. Right. I, I want more of my uh, sci-fi spaghetti western. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly how I feel. I love good spaghetti western. But when you inc- incorporate Star Wars into it, that's a whole different thing. The music's so good. Again, it just makes you feel. It makes you feel like you're watching a western, and it's these Star Wars characters, you know, like. Oh man, I love that. That's such a great show. Like I can talk all day about it, but I won't. Um, oh, I know. We're both. I think we're both Star Wars fans. I'm sure everyone knows oh, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but if we're buying little plastic army men that are star stormtroopers and stuff, and oh, we're right. building them and painting them and playing a, go- a board game with them, uh, I think we're Star Wars fans. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> Something you... tells me we're we're Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, big time, big time. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm I'm oof, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to see what else they do because they have. They have the license. They they should do something more. <laughs> For reals. So um something that I'm looking forward to um is one finishing up the season, uh catching up on My Hero Academia. I heard the season's done, so I can just watch the last eight or nine episodes that I missed. I'm nice. looking forward to that. And then um another thing is I keep forgetting I finally added it to my list on Netflix is um uh, Lock and Key. That's a show that right. Ian was telling me about. He was telling me about that like four years ago, dude. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, he told me about the comic four years ago, um, and uh, I'm actually have, planning on having Ian on an episode, so I'll, I'll save that conversation. By then, I should hopefully have watched the whole season, so yeah. I have a talk with them about that. But it's funny how he found out about the show coming out. I, I thought it was pretty hilarious. Um, it's being promoted like I'm crazy on to. Netflix, though. It's, it's well, dude, over. from from what he explained four years ago, the comic book. It sounded badass. Like the concept, the story, the characters. It sounded cool. I just never. It's one of those things like, oh, I heard it's good. I'll get around to it when I can. And then the show came out. I'm like, well, I definitely got to get around to it when <laughs> when I can. Yeah. And again, now we have nothing but time. So, you know, I'm trying That's to a- sit down and catch up on reading. I've been catching up on a lot of stuff. I caught up uh, with the first volume. I read all of uh, Sea of Stars. That's a really good book. Oh, yeah. Um, that's on my list, too. Sea of Stars is really good. Yeah. That's uh, Hopeless Hallam and Jason Aaron. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, really, really good writers. Um, both working for Marvel. Uh, Jason Aaron did all of the Thor stuff with Lady Thor, um, War of the Realms. Really, just some of the best Marvel writing going on was with him. Uh, Dennis Hallam wrote a uh, Spider Woman. That was a good read. Um, he wrote the Vader Dark Visions uh, five issue miniseries, which are awesome because each of the issues is a different story, so you can read each issue and not have to worry about it being out of uh, the timeline. Um, and those were cool too because again they're different types of stories when you read each issue um, for Darth Vader like the first issue is him in a more positive light in the sense of like he's the hero to these aliens whether they know he's a bad guy or not the second one's more like a uh, uh, horror kind of a, a story in the sense of like you know he's it, it revolves around a, a, an imperial officer that doesn't want to let down Vader because he knows what happens when you let him down Um issue three was my favorite one that was the romance one it was a (laughs) it was a romance between vader and this literally literally crazy nurse who like in her head like oh he loves me he's sleeping behind these these what? uh for me stuff. Dude, you gotta read it if you have not read okay. it you gotta read it um, well i started cool digging to... into the first darth vader so i mean i assume i don't have to like read that to get into this right for which one uh, oh the new one the, the 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 one with um have you read the the first issue for the new vader uh, i've read out? bits of it i'm reading the one that i did not pick up the uh imperial machine oh so that one's so away. good yeah, okay. I'll have to get on that or get into that in another podcast. But I mean, you, you're working your way through that. So 
uh, Darth Vader, um, I think it's called Dark Lord of the Sith, is what that series is called, because it's volume two for the Darth Vader run. Okay. Um, that one came out mm, two to three years ago. That one's written by Charles Soule. For those of you who don't know, Charles Soule is probably him and Greg Peck are probably the two best Star Wars comic book writers in the last five to ten years. Um, Charles Soule is now writing the um, new Star Wars series. I believe so. He's writing the High Republic, the one that just got announced. He's writing the comic and he's writing a book for that, a novel and oh, a comic. Nice. Um, but he's just he wrote that Darth Vader, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith um, volume. It was 25 issues, just like the first volume. But this one takes place uh, right at the end of episode three. It literally picks up with him still saying no after he's told the bad news that, right. you know, he killed his wife quote-unquote killed his wife um by palpatine and then quote it unquote, goes into, huh? yeah i wonder why <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what the vader volume three uh goes into but um yeah with um with that series you get to see him is basically vader year one it shows him getting used to his new suit you know because he's literally half a man like his limbs are all gone he's kept alive by this you know ventilator or respirator um he's in constant pain and it shows stuff like that and not just that he's he's getting used to being that you know uh being in that suit he it shows him training to be a sith it shows him um getting his lightsaber because again people forget obi-wan took his lightsaber he had to build his new one so it adds more lore on how you construct lightsabers at least for the sith now um it shows him what i really like about that series is it shows him every story arc getting his ass kicked it's not until the end of the series where you're like fuck yeah this is vader so that series does definitely do a good job linking episode three how we leave you know anakin slash darth vader into straight up darth vader in uh episode four um so you, you said you're working your way through that uh how far into it are you uh i just finished volume one and uh, uh yeah. right after defeating that specific jedi that one jedi yeah oh gosh <laughs> yeah i was like okay i'm hooked like you see that he's 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 a he's machine but he's also human like yep. he has weaknesses and he could break apart um yep. and then you find a way him striving like i feel myself like vouching for vader to get up and it's such a weird thing because you know they're they're the, the dark it's, side it's weird seeing him the protagonist yeah it's weird yeah. seeing him, him as the protagonist because you're like no 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 he's the bad guy why are you rooting for him um, right but again how but they cool also is- feel like i feel like the jedi was portrayed as evil in this one like i don't know why like there was it's, something about it. It's not that he was evil. He was just the antagonist for the story. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you're reading a story in the point of view character. You want him to succeed for the most part. You know, it's Darth Vader. He's still struggling and doing stuff. Um, and it just happened to be that that one guy was his and, you know, his adversary. And it was just cool seeing Vader get his ass kicked, like not just once, but like over and over. And you're like, damn, right. dude, Vader is not shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm having fun with that one. Uh, I can't wait to read volume two. I just don't know where to pick it up right now because there's nowhere that's open. So I'm just right. like, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll but, see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Actually, right. I have the whole thing. If you ever want to read it, I have all of it. I in have issue I'll, form. I'll hit you yeah, up. Just let I'll me know. You. Yeah, let me know next time you're in town and I'll, I'll let you borrow it. Whatever you haven't read, um, I'll just let you borrow. Um, so, that way you have something to read and can catch up. Because, um, yeah, dude, Charles Soule did such a great job. He writes oh, yeah. a lot of other stuff, too. For those of you who don't know or don't keep up, he wrote The uh, Death of Wolverine, Death of Daredevil. He's been writing a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Like He's just overall a really good writer. And he's also writing one of the Roman favorites, uh, Undiscovered Country. He's a co-writer with that, with Scott Snyder. Like 
he just does nothing but good stuff for the most part at least that i've liked you know he did a really cool swamp thing run really cool he's he's i didn't know until later on he did red lanterns he did a, a story arc for that like um he's a good writer I'm, I'm excited and again him and greg pack are probably the two best star wars writers right now um uh kieran gillen was doing a good job with dr afra but like that was nowhere near what vader was like vader it was just reconstructing the mythos and making things make sense because when you watch episode three he's in the suit but that's not darth vader he's you know it's it's, it's vader in name only like vader doesn't whine or you know he's not like that like you can't watch episode four the original star wars see vader as this big bad scary dude and then you go back and you're like wait that's vader no that, that's yeah what happened vader. in between like, yeah what happened in between and this is what happens in between right it showed you all of that and i think rogue one if you're just following the movies kind of portrayed him at his peak moment because he was yeah, just yeah that, I think, I'm not sure where that <laughs> falls through because I'm not done with reading with it, but oh my gosh, that scene. That's another thing. That's another cool thing too is uh, in Rogue One, they had just shown off, you know, his castle on Mustafar. It shows in this series how he constructs it and why he Ooh. constructs it. And I'm not going to reveal too much because it actually, it's a big like shocker onto how that happened. You know, what else it, it ties into is if you're a Star Wars Rebels fan, it ties into that in the sense of it shows him training the Inquisitors. So Charles, so again, he's he's <laughs> great at taking all these different threads from the shows and the cartoons and uh, you know the the video games and all that stuff, and he ties them all together in the series. Um, one of the, the the main antagonists or one of the main antagonists for what was it the Fallen Order video game? Oh yeah, she first appears in the series. The wait, he, the second he made her sister. Up. Yeah, he they they all first appear there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did fight against up two against two of them. Yeah, it's it's worth playing. Have you played it yet? Not <laughs> yet. I don't have a new console, sadly. <laughs> <sighs> I wish I could let you borrow mine. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I don't have time. There, there's other stuff I should be reading. Um, another thing I caught up with is Justice League. If you're following my uh, main account on Instagram, you already saw my review. But Robert Venditti is doing such a killer freaking job with Justice League. Like, I'm not saying Scott Snyder wasn't doing a good job, but like Venditti, you can tell he's just a master at what he does. He's probably the best, if not one of the best writers at DC right now. I wish he was on more stuff. He's on Hawkman right now. He's on uh, uh, Justice League. He was on Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. And then he had to wrap that up because Morrison wanted it. Um, and that was probably one of the better uh, Green Lantern runs as well. Um, he was he did the maxi series for Freedom Fighters. That's one of my favorite reads. Uh, one of these days I'll go in depth into that one. But that one's just everything that Roman loves is in that. Roman loves alternate history, and this one the Nazis won World War II because of the metahuman stuff. So alternate history, both in the real world and in DC history, um, propaganda artwork, resistance, uh, Freedom Fighters, you know, resistance fighters, like everything that Roman loves is in this book. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, dude, like he's such a good writer, uh, but that's another one I caught up on. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been. Oh, I finished reading Canto. Canto's another really good series. I'll try to do a review for that when I get a chance, because like uh, my buddy Aaron, who just left, he's the one who turned me on to it. Canto is it's good for all ages. And um, I'm just excited for volume. What, two. what is like, Canto? Is that Canto? I mean... That's an IDW original book. Um, okay. It's that little knight. Uh, same thing. I'll let you borrow the um, the books uh, next time you uh, roll through. It's only yeah. five issues. Um, five or six issues. I think it's only five. No, six. Six issues. Um, dude, it's it's a little knight guy. Um, when they are born, they take their hearts out and they put a clock. 
Oh. And um, Cantrell, his, his, yeah, his, his race, they can't have names. They're slaves for their whole lives. They can't have bonds. Like they can't, you know, have romantic relations or anything like that. Like they're just meant to be slaves. No hope, no nothing. Dang. Well, the main character, his name is Kanto. It was given to him by his, you know, girlfriend, basically, you know, uh, um, his lover. Well, right. he gives her all these little, um, they're mining for like gold, it looks like. In the in the beginning, mm-hmm. he, he he's finding like these little gold pieces and giving them to her as gifts. Okay. The, uh, the slave drivers, they find they find them on her. And they basically like destroy her. Like they, they mess up her clock so bad to the point where like she's going to die. And, you know, he's telling the, the, the elder, he's like, give her my, my clock, you know, give her my clock. Like I'll give my life. I'll give my clock. I'll give my time for her. And he tells him, no, your time is your own. Like you can't give your time to anyone else. Like it, it is yourself. And so he goes on this, this uh, quest to find the guy who takes her hearts out and get them, get back her heart. Um, so it's, it's really, Aww. really cool. Yeah, it's just again, kids can read it, adults can read it, anyone can read it and get a good story out of it. And it's, dude, it's so badass. Like, it is so freaking awesome. Like, I just read read the last uh, two issues. I feel like reading one through six again because there's just a lot of really good quotes, a lot of really good moments, and a lot of good like character development and stuff that again, an adult and a kid can take away from the story. And that's to me, that's one of the best things is if you can write a story that even a kid can you know be engaged in and take something from that's a good story you know there's that's interesting yeah there's a lot of um how do i explain this people tend to look down on children's books a lot whether it's uh novels like children children's books or comics you know children's comics um they tend to look down on them like they're not serious they're not um worth the effort to read like they're not of significance but if it's a good story, it doesn't matter who it's for. And you know what? Kids, their their attention span is not the greatest sometimes, especially when they're reading. So if you can keep a child's attention, it should be able to keep an adult's. A lot right. of my favorite books that I that I read um, are kids' books. Reason being is it can't be doom and gloom all the time, you know? Like, you right. have to have fun. You have to have fun every now and then. Um, some of my favorite books from this last year was the uh, uh, same thing. I'll post them when I get a chance. But there was a Green Lantern Legacy. That one was cool. It was, you know, for kids. There was okay. a Wonder Diana Prince uh, or it was Wonder Woman Princess of the Amazons or something like that. Um, that was another kid's book. That one was great. And they both deal with, you know, children's ideas that relate both to the adult and a child. Okay. So again, like no need to look down on them. If anything, like they should be held, you know, in a higher light because the kids are the future. They're the ones who are going to be consuming this stuff. They're going to be consuming um um, these cartoon shows and these TV shows and these books and stuff, why not make it significant to the point where it's like they look for that stuff? Like I'm, I'm a big fan of a like Steven Universe, Adventure Time, those those shows because yes. they have good substance. Okay. You know, it's 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 um it's not it's not flashy in the sense of like that's all it has. You know, it's not just action. They they have they have uh ethical questions and and uh good themes. Yeah, I good mean themes. they have like, just. Yeah, they have a lot of the the backstory or not backstory, a lot of um things that you can learn from that you exactly. usually don't get in your typical, you know, uh like the, from pre- compared to previous um iterations, yeah. I feel like a lot of stories are being told with good intentions in these ones. Exactly. They're not just trying to sell you a toy. Like don't get me wrong, like I love my 
children's cartoons, but they were usually meant to sell you stuff. Oh yeah. This one's the other way around is they're, they're just making cartoons just to make good stories. And then people are begging for toys and they don't make them, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, Steven universe toys would be freaking cool. I don't really see any on the stores. I don't see them making any, I'd love to have some or get some for my nephew and stuff. Cause he's a big fan too. You know, he's the one who got me into it actually. Um, cause, uh, I think Steven universe was, yeah, it was done by the time I got into it, it was finished already. And I never gave it a chance. Cause I just wasn't about that life at the time. I didn't think it, again, me being an idiot or being thinking I'm better than a kid's stories, didn't want to give it a shot. I was like, nah, that's good. Like it's a kid's book. Why don't I need to read that or watch that? <laughs> I mean, and, um, yeah, calling was, back to the, oh, sorry. I mean, no, you're good, you're good. Go <laughs> I mean, calling back to the very first part when I mentioned the witches, uh, that that was straight up a wit. That was straight up a kid's book, and that's what got me into this whole like reading everything from this specific author. But he writes specifically kids' books like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The Glass Elevator, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. These were all kids' books, but they also had a good theme towards the end. Um, but you don't get right. that. You don't get it. You don't get that anymore. Yeah. I, again, everything's kind of, for the most part, for the longest time, has been pandering. Like, they just want to pander to the kids, you know, flash, no substance. Um, right. But no, I like when people put thought into what they put out. I mean, even me, like, I, I try to, if at the very least, just be entertaining. But, you know, I like to have some type of substance of the stories I tell. Um, like, there's projects that I have in the works. You know, I do want to write children's books. I got a few children's books, a few young adult books, you know, just a bunch of different stories that I want to put out and they all have some type of story that'll teach you one thing or another you'll come out it a different person um you know there, there's the one that i want to do uh for um i have a comic that i want to do at some point called uh, mirasol which is named you know after my niece mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's about a you know having love having uh some the love for someone literally thrust on you you know it'd be the equivalent of nowadays like somebody like oh yeah you're uh this relative you didn't know they they all uh they all passed in a tragic accident or whatever and here's the child do you want to keep them or do you want to just leave them and it's like whoa well shit i'm I'm thrust with this responsibility on me um but in this story you don't have a choice you know like uh, the the one i'm telling is gonna be basically conan the barbarian with a whole lot of uh blood and flowers in it and yeah it's kind of like lone wolf a cub in the sense of he's trying to keep this baby alive but you know uh, the the story what i tell people is like yeah he he had this love for the child forced on him it wasn't his choice at all whatsoever. Um, and uh, it, it's a good analogy in the sense of uh, you don't always choose. You don't, you know, it's like even even uh, even without the adoption thing, it's like, you know, you have a kid. You can never be prepared to have a child like, oh, all the you time. know, it's just a responsibility that's just bam, thrown on you just one day out of nowhere. Um, you know, and parents do the best they can with the abilities they have at the time. And you can tell the ones who really care and the ones who don't. And I just, again, that's a story that I'm very passionate about. Again, inspiration um, from my niece, inspiration from stuff that happened to me in my life. Um, it's just something that I'm, it's going to be a passion project for sure. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to uh, work everything out and set aside money to get, you know, an artist and everything done on there. Cause I do want to make it a visual novel, you know, make it graphic and all that. And um, right. just cool stuff that I have planned. Uh, same thing. Like uh, I have another comic series uh, that I'm working on called part-time hero that I want to um, get done at some point. And same thing. It's, it's, I'm, I'm taking stuff that happened in my life and I'm putting it into 
um, some of the characters, like, you know, a lot of personality stuff or a lot of uh, life events that happen to me uh, throughout my life will get spread across different characters. You know, they're not going to be on all on one. You know, there'll be characters that uh, are inspired by people I know, like my nephew. He's going to be one of the main characters. Um, well, not him exactly, but like a version of me and him and other people that I know combined into one. Um, there's going to be events that um, changed me that will happen in that story. And, you know, I'm not the only one that's gone through events like this. Like, you know, somebody might be able to relate at some point or at least at the, at the very least uh, sympathize if they can't empathize um with what happened so it's again like i want to put in thought into the stories i tell so it's it's good seeing that even on a kid's level you know there, there's video games that i love that i know don't have great stories or you know you don't take away a whole lot from it i just had this conversation with my buddy um aaron uh i love the god of war series growing up uh, god of war one through three was a cool story but you don't take away anything from it but this new one you do the oh, new yeah. one with the kid and all that like there's so much more depth so much know, emotion um, exactly yeah there's so much layers to that you could peel off about being a good father or being a tough father or tough love nope. in general um it's it's definitely worth a play it's like 20 bucks now and i think it's i think everyone needs to pick that up and play it for just a few minutes you'll get hooked <laughs> so no that, that's that's a lot of the stuff that i do like nowadays is um there's so much stories out there and uh, whether it's a video game or a movie or a show or a cartoon or a manga a comic, you know, whatever, uh, freaking shadow puppets or whatever. Like there's so much stories out there um, that why not look out the good ones? Why not, you know, again, hit up someone and be like, Hey dude, what stories have you read that you like that you recommend? Again, that witch is one. I would have never heard about it if you didn't tell me. And it sounds freaking awesome. Like I want to, as soon as I get off, I'm going to be like, all right, how can I get, uh, get my hands on this book? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can read a little, it. yeah, you definitely, definitely do read it. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm just doing research on it right now. They are releasing a 2020 film this year starring Anne Hathaway. No way. Yeah. And it's by, it's by Robert Zemeckis, who I think uh, did the back to the future films. Um, this is going to be dope. And it takes place in Atlanta instead of England. Uh, or is it Alabama or Atlanta? Uh, it, it's it's a different setting. So and it's Guillermo del Toro, also Guillermo del Toro. So I think you'll see all the crazy monsters and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's go. I can't believe I just looked it up right now. I'm just like, oh, they're making a movie. Yeah, so definitely do fi find the book and read it. It's definitely worth a read. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think that's it. We've uh, shared enough stories and, and you know, had a good conversation. Is uh is there anywhere that these fine folks that are listening can find you, Ray? Yeah, um I'm mainly on Instagram. Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me, I do mainly a lot of travel of like content so it's completely unrelated in a way, but that's so um, cool. You tell a story of your trip and all that. I mean, you're telling yeah. a story. Yeah, Some people I, might be more or less invested in it. I liked it. I, mean, I liked yeah. your Japan trip stuff, and then the, you went to England. That was freaking cool, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, my Instagram is um, hi. My name is Ray Ray, R-E-Y-R-E-Y. Uh, -E -E um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's my personal Instagram, but there's, I mean, there's not much to go around there. I don't post that often <laughs> unless it's like travel related. So right. check it out. <laughs> 
And then, uh, and then again, what was the, uh, what was your dog's Instagram page again? Oh yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Lula, the bulldog. It's L U L A H Lula, the bulldog. Uh, that, that is a must follow Instagram yeah, page. I'm, I'm, po- um, I'm trying to update it as often as I can, but all she does is sleep all day. Maybe I should put some snoring videos of her cause she snores like <laughs> a human loud as fuck. So loud, but yeah. <laughs> Nice. And then uh, for us, if you are looking for a way to suggest a prompt um, or give us back some feedback, you can always go on to our Instagram, which is Weaving Words Podcast. You can hit up our Facebook page, which is Weaving Words Podcast as well. Uh, directly email me at weavingwordspodcast at gmail.com. And then if you ever want to get into the uh, Hooligan Squad Discord, um, we should have a link in the description. Um, or you can just look up Hooligan Squad. It should be, you know, it should, it should be uh, easy to find. Um, talking about prompts, is there a prompt that you want to do? Uh, suggest Ray. Ooh, okay. Oh man, you just gave me the sword. Uh, shoot. Um, let's. I mean, have you done anything? I mean, I want to see. Have you done anything like occult, like like maybe we should do. You should do a witch story. Let's make it weird. Let's make it weird. Uh, I can do a, a like a scary occult story. I can I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Do do something scary. I I love scary stories. I'm a sucker for that. And I've I've seen I've listened to a lot of your writing. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see you take a take a shot at like the occult. I'll, I'll try that out. I can I can do some stuff. I can try to make my own suspenseful uh uh scary occult style story um i actually had a story that uh in mind that uh will adapt perfectly to this um so look forward to that hopefully next week oh yes (laughs) i'm looking forward to it (laughs) there you go um so that's it thank you very much uh i'll see you guys later thanks for stopping by ray i appreciate you taking time out of your day um to hang out and just talk with us yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me over. And no uh, problem. Yeah. Until next time, That's maybe. <laughs> Adios. Right. Goodbye. See ya. Ooh.